What up, podcast? In this episode, I, I sit down with Coach TSH Zero, Diamond uh, Diamond Coach, and we talk about a different topics. We go over um, uh, how important it is watching replays, champs to recommend in low and high elo, and why, and dealing with tilt and many other uh, topics as well. Um, enjoy the podcast, and here we. So we'll, we'll kind of start at the very beginning. Um, so how did you how did you get into league, and uh, you know what's what's kind of your uh, you know your champs that you play? Well, first of all, I started league in the beta phase, so I was one of the earlier players that were there. Um, I started StarCraft a few years back, and league wasn't a thing, and it just formed. You know, if you know the story about how League was generally formed and Dota was formed, it was from StarCraft. Mm-hmm. So um, I was just into the movement and stuff like that. I tried Dota. It did not really fit what I like to play. So there was League and I saw it as a competitor anyway and everybody else thought so too. So I just gave it a go and I liked it so much better than Dota. I thought it was just for my kind of playstyle easier and better for me so the feel was you know very different so i just stuck with it um how long how long did you play dota before you realized hey this uh i'm I'm gonna make the switch over to lee oh it was just a short period i didn't really like how you know the game was structured Mm -hmm. and i tried to go back to dota like three or four times um so just to give it a try to not just you know let it in the dark Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I didn't really enjoy it that much, so I just stuck with League. Did you uh, did you ever revisit? Because I I know they did. I don't know much about Dota. I know like a little bit. Did you go back when it became Dota two and just test it out? I did, uh, and I also did not like it as much. So it's still still kind of the same answer. Yeah, it's it's not really different for me. You know, there was a fair point if you if you know video game donkey. I've heard of him, you, yeah. You don't, okay, no, it, it's it's all right. But he just made a point in one video game, uh, uh, in his video about video games, mm-hmm. where, you know, the background is not in a way of the gameplay. And I think he made a very f- fair point, and I see it the same way. You know, in Dota, everything shifts a bit. You know, if you look at it, the characters, the background, and the minions all kind of shift together. Mm-hmm. And in League, it's just more, it's it's a different kind of feel and view of the game in general. You know, you can see the characters more easily, and the background is just the background. Makes sense. So so then you hopped into League, and you, say, you said basically Season 1, right? The beta phase? Yeah. And then, so you, you started um, climbing pretty quickly? Well... The first year that I played League was very different because there was literally no meta, you know? People Mm -hmm. had to form the meta and then it was there after a period of time. Um, I don't think it's necessarily easier um, if you go back in time and just rewatch it to climb um, since there was no real structure. 
but some champions were just way too overpowered. So if you, you know, just stuck to one champion and you could play him very well, you would climb with him fairly easily. Mm. And I did the same. I was climbing, you know, decently enough. And for me, it was um, my end point was diamond anyway. Okay. Was there, did you kind of test, test all the champions or was there somebody specific that you liked? Well, I wouldn't say I tested all the champions, but to be fair, I do not remember all of it because it's just some time away. Yeah, it's um, a long ten, time ago. <laughs> yeah, 10 years is some time. Yeah. Um, I do remember I tried most of them and mm -hmm. I tried to find the champion that suits me and, you know, just get into the game like everybody else was trying to. But uh, something like Vladimir was something that I used to play a lot because he was so much stronger um, than he is now. Mm. Yeah, don't get me wrong, he's still strong, but he was so much stronger and I tried to stick with him most of the time. Makes sense. Uh, so, you, so you played, so, so I'm assuming Vladimir was still topside, right? Was he? Or was he in a different lane? Yeah, he okay. was top. Mostly top. Okay. Are you just searching or? Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking at my neck. I'm just I have a I have like thirty plus questions or more, and I'm just trying to Don't pick pick, just, uh, pick which ones I want to want to ask. So yes. well, so this this is gonna be a long question, but it's gonna be broken down. So if you were to give two champions, um, and we'll start top lane, right? What two champions would you recommend somebody in low elo to pick up and play? Oh, all right. Um, hmm. for top lane, I would pick Renekton um, mm -hmm. as my first pick, just because he is not as hard to learn. Some of his key movements can be a bit difficult for early starters or low elo in general. Mm -hmm. But if you do go a bit more aggressive, you can go behind with him again and, you know, just get it back to health and trade longer and stuff like that and deal huge tons of damage. Um, so I would pick him as my first pick just because you can dominate a lane. And if you got one, two kills, you're basically unstoppable in the early game. And most people in low elo do not gank as fast or as much as they would in high elo. Mm -hmm. So uh, you're pretty much unstoppable. Um, second champion. Let me think, you know, there, there are literally so many top lane champions or just so many champions you can play on top lane um, that it's kind of hard to put your finger on something that, you know, would be suitable for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would say that something, you know, a bit more defensive for some people, you know, who can't really play aggressive um, would be great as well. So something like Shen... Um, would be optimal or Garen would be optimal. He can go aggressive or defensive. Um, yeah, I think those are for now my two picks. The meta changes, so it depends really on what Makes season sense. we are talking about. But yeah, I de I'm, I'm definitely it's definitely geared towards season ten as well. So the what would two of them be for high elo? Well, if right if now, there is a difference in your okay, yeah, right now it would be Seth. 
Seth is just one of the most broken champions right now that you can play top lane, but mm -hmm. that's just based around because he's not as nerfed right now as, as any other champion, or not mm -hmm. as balanced. Um, I would also say um, something like Soraka. She's really damn strong right now, to, okay. if you can play her in top lane. For, you know, newcomers or just people in low elo, I would not recommend it, because it's a little bit harder in the lane in general, but if you are a you know, bit higher in the elo, and then I'm not talking like diamond or master or grandmaster. You can play her, you know, starting a platinum um, and up there. It's just a little bit more difficult to get used to her on top lane. Makes sense. So let's uh, let's shift over to the mid lane. So the same question. So what two uh, champions would you recommend somebody in low elo to start out with? In mid lane, it's a bit different. You know. In mid lane, I think it's just something that you can, you, you know, you feel good to play with because the vision range is a bit different. You can't hide as easy as on bot lane or top lane and you're on the lane constantly. So you have to fight or just stay back. I would recommend picking a ranged mage just because you can farm easily, e uh, easier. Um, so something like Ari would be great because she has healing on her on her passive basically and she can just you know auto attack from a range so also she's a bit more she has a bit more movement speed or just anyways in the range of mobility for her ult and so she can escape she can engage stuff like that i would pick her as my first pick i think mm -hmm. uh, i can't really give a second thing a second champion just because it, it really really depends there are some champions that would be suitable, even for low elo. So, for example, Zed would be a great champion, but he's also strong to master. Uh, LeBlanc would also be a great champion, but she's also a bit more difficult to master. Um, I, I, I can't really decide on what champion I would want to go. Um, I would just say that if you cannot play Ari and you do have a champion that you know you feel comfortable playing, so on any lane in general, um, then I would prefer you to pick that on the mid lane and try to go with that. Okay, sounds good. So let's uh, so, so let's switch over to the high elo. What would the two high elo mid champions be? Well, right now, I would recommend picking something like Yasu in mid lane. Okay. Because if you can play him, he's really, really damn strong. He has team fight potential. He can roam pretty easy as well. He can pick solo fights. And also he can block most of the skill shots that the enemy mid laner would have because of his uh, windshield. Um, but as told, he's a bit, little bit uh, harder to play. Some people would disagree, but I think so, that he's a little bit harder to master. Um... I would also say Kiana or Diana. I can't really say which one of those is the best, the better choice for mid lane. Um, I think I would go with Kiana just because she's such a good roamer. She can adapt to multiple situations. She has stuns and all kind of things to escape, and there's a huge ton of damage. Um, but both of these mid laners do have the negative effect that they are AD. So if you want to go AP and do have, still have a strong mid laner, I would go Diana. Okay, sounds good. 
So let's uh, so let's switch into the jungle. What uh, what two champions would you recommend for low elo players? Ugh, um, I think that Yi is still a good jungler for somebody that has not a real clue how to structure himself and position himself in jungle. Yi is a good jungler just because he can farm up pretty easily if he's behind or if he can't gank. So you can just farm, farm, farm and just try to beat up the enemy jungler. Also, he does not really have that hard of a skill set. So it's just way easier to play him than anybody else. Um, as a second jungler, I would also go between two. I would go between J4 and Aimumu. Um just because J4 is a, you know, from his skill set, he's a decent champion. He's not that hard to learn, but he still delivers a great deal of damage. So this is why he is really, really great, because you can abuse him in so many ways and deal just tons of damage. But he's also, you know, in the middle field of skill set. Um, and Aimumu is a bit more easier. He can also just, you know, farm in his jungle, but he depends on his blue. So if you are playing him, I would also always, always, always go for blue at, as your first buff in low elo at least, just because you need it to really go through the jungle because you need to spend a load or loads of mana. Um, but other than that, he does not really have that hard of a skill set, and he's just you know, ganks are easy with him, and you can just try to assist your team even if you are behind. Okay, that sounds good. So what two champions would you recommend uh, for high elo people in the jungle? League is, um, Lee is an obvious choice. Mm -hmm. Lee Sin is one of the most obvious choices in terms of a jungler in high elo. Just because he is a high risk, high reward jungler, he is kind of like Renekton on top lane. If you give him two kills, he will just snowball. Um... His options on ganking are so huge, just because he have a, has a wall, uh, he has a war jump, um, and also he can just you know clip through things because of his Q. He has a huge range. He can just insect with, you know, flash or just his Q or just his W, and stuff like that. So, I would, you know, generally say Lee Sin because he's just such of a no-brainer champion. You can go tank with him, you can go full 80 with him, you can go bruisable with him. You can just adapt to multiple situations fairly great, but he's also a very risky champion because if you fall behind, you will be worse than other junglers, surely. Um, for my second jungler, well, second is a bit more complicated just because the patches are a bit more confusing in terms of jungling right now. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's only Elise who's also good. I would say there are a few different champions that are also good. For example, Kha'Zix is one of the champions, or Olaf is one of the champions. But Elise is one of those champions that can also, you know, just escape situations that are just more risky, just because she can jump up and does not get you know, connected with anything else or just get can dodge any kind of ultimate. Um, also, she has a very good ganking potential. She can also stun fairly easily. And she does have a fairly fast uh, jungle clear speed. Okay. So let's, we'll, we'll switch down to the bot lane. What two 
um, champions would you recommend um, for a low elo player to pick up ADC? ADC, all right. Um, for ADC, I would also say the two champions are Ezreal and Lucian. Ezreal is just a no-brainer just because he can poke. So if you do not really um, have the the guts to go full aggressive, if I may say so, um, you can just stay behind and poke the enemy for as long as you, as you would like to. You can also spam Q to just farm, and he does have a very low mana cost on it. Um, since they removed, uh, what was it called, Claptomancy, he's not as strong in the bot lane as he used to be, but he's still a very, very strong AD carry. Also, his ultimate, it's just also great that it goes all over the map, so you can pick up kills wherever you would like, or just try to steal Drake or Baron, or just try to assist somebody, or just push out the lane. So this is just some of the things that make him a great champion, even at low elo. Um... Lucian as well, he has a fair amount of mobility, so he can just dash away. Also, he has a huge uh, burst just because of his passive, his double auto attacks. So you can burst somebody down fairly quickly. Um, if you are not comfortable with going as close as you would need to with Lucian, I would also generally say Caitlyn is a great champion, just because she has so much range and you can post champions down just like Ezreal would. Okay. So, um, so what two champions would you recommend somebody, a high elo player, pick up in, in as ADC? Right now, also Aphelios. It's the same reason that Seth is so overpowered. He's not as balanced right now. Mm -hmm. um, he's a bit more complicated champion, uh, but he can also adapt on multiple situations. So, you know, I do not say he's not countable. Um, he can be countered, but you can adapt in the most situations fairly easily. The negative side on him is that he has not as much mobility as other ADCs would have, um, but he is he's great on bot lane. Um, we still do have the situation on bot lane that some people try or like to pick mages instead of a AD carry in the you know original sense of the game. Um, I try to not focus on that right now because I think that's just the meta play that will go away after some period of time. So I will be just ignoring this right now. Um, but as a comment for that, um, some um, AP champions on bot lane are great. For example, Cassiopeia is fairly great, or even a Syndra is also great on bot lane, or even a Talia. But I would not recommend them right now if you want to really focus on one champion because I think they would just shift. So the two champions that I would say for that are Senna or Misfortune or even Ezreal. But I would focus on Senna right now because she's just so, so strong. And if you play her right, you can rush AI really, really quickly and, you know, just grab huge tons of damage and, uh, you know, just try to rush the enemy as fast as possible so he cannot react. Okay, so let's uh, so let's switch over to the support. What two support champions would you recommend a low elo uh, player to pick up? Okay, so support I think is a bit more difficult because you do have to focus on two things. How does my support that I'm going to pick synergize with my AD carry, and how does my support that I pick synergize with my team in general? You can see this from two sides. You want to play a tank 
or you want to play a healing support. Obviously, healing supports will get bursted down fairly easily, and tank supports are obviously a bit more tough and can try to protect the AD carry for longer periods of time. Um, I would say that Leona is one of the champions for a tank that would be great, because she does, is not really that complicated, she can engage really quickly, um, she can also help the AD carry push the lane, she can defend... Um, her ultimate also do has a uh, do has a uh, huge team fight potential, so that's also great. Um, for the second champion, I would recommend Nautilus, just because he's also tanky and you can shield yourself, stun people, knock up people. Also, great old in team fights, but Leona is a easier choice to learn into master. I would not recommend healing champions in low elo, just because you will get targeted um, if you are not so careful and if your positioning is off for a bit. So you will get bursted and you can't really assist your AD carry. Your AD carry always relies on the support, um, most ways, if he's not feeded over the top. So if you have a tank, you can protect longer, you can help other teammates fairly easily, and you also will die less times. Okay. So... What two champions would you recommend high elo players pick up? Also, same thing. Um, you do have to have a look on what, what uh, setup you're playing with. So what champions you're playing against and what champions you're playing with. It's not as easy to say as in low elo because the support is one of the most important roles in the game. So I can't really say in general um, this would be the best supporter. Um, just because the setup really varies. Um, I would say Thresh is one of the best supporters right now, just because you can engage, you can disengage, you do have a fair amount of tankiness, you can deal a fair amount of damage as well, um, and just protect your team as best as you would, and uh, try to do this as best as you can. Um, but as told, it does depend on the matchup. Um, I would also say Nautilus is one of the picks just because he is such a tank and you can just steamroll through everybody else and without even taking so much damage. And also in early game, he's a bit more, you know, risk-free, I would say, to play um, just because you can hook people so easily and stun them away. And also you do have the HP advantage anyways. Okay, that sounds good. So we'll, we'll switch topics here to right. something a little bit a little bit different than uh, the champions. So give me a second. So how how to how do you avoid tilting and losing streaks? That's a very hard question. Mm -hmm. Well, it depends. Some people, it's easier for them to, you know, just forget about it and do something else. Um, so, for example, you lost three games in a row. Um, some people say, all right, quit the game, try to do something else, try to have a nice time or do something that pleases you. And for some people, it's the opposite. They, you know, need to feel the sense of, you know, accomplishing something. So winning one game is something that would be great for them. Um, so these are 
these are two kinds of people. For the first people, I would say great for them. Um, always try to, you know, keep calm and try to get your mind to something else or just in general thinking or doing something that you would like to do. Um, music helps with some people just to calm them down. Um, you know, sport exercises do help for some people or just taking a silent walk helps for some people or just, you know, getting your mind off the topic. Um, for the people that need to feel the accomplishment, um, try to get out of rank if you were playing rank. Um, if you were not playing rank and you were just playing a normal 5v5 game, um, try to grab some friends um, that you know and you can have fun with um, or just try to play an Aram. If you play Aram, you know, it's it's always a toying cost because who gets the better champions? And Just try to enjoy yourself while playing the game. Um, it always gets a little bit easier if you do have friends with you. Um, so try to just grab some friends, have a good time with them, and, you know, try to win the game. Um, in general, I would say keep in mind that you can always just, you know, um, change the attribute that you have. So if another person does something bad, well, it's not on you because he did something bad. Try to just say, all right, that ah, was a misplay, but it happens. It's all right. Just try to go with it and try to pick up the flow again and do not try to be as toxic in chat. If you are being toxic in some kind of way, is it voice chat with some teammates or just random people you just found in your last game? If it is general chat where you can just type to people, I would try to keep a calm mind and just try to say, all right, you know, the last team fight was shit, but let's try to pick up the speed again and just try to go about it a bit, bit more calmly. This try, uh, this prevents from your side of perspective, your inner rage itself and also calms down your teammates. It does not work on everybody, um, but on most people. So if you just say, all right, shit happens, let's go again, then you will be a bit more calmer. Okay, that, that all sounds pretty good. All right, we're going to switch topics here. All right. So how how important is watching your, your own replays? Mm. I would not recommend it. Mm -hmm. um, that's just because if you do see a mistake that you did, um, well, no, let, let me phrase that different. If you do watch your own gameplay, you know why you did those things. So, for example, say that you are the jungler and you tried to gank top lane, um, but you failed. You know why you made the decision to go top lane. And it does not change how many times you watch it. You will always keep in mind you had that initial sense of, all right, I wanted to go in to grab the kill, to get the lane ahead or get to get myself ahead or whatnot. You will always have that in your mind. Um, it does help for some people. So let's say um, we had our coaching session and I gave you some tips or some things that you need to focus on. And you watch your own gameplay after that you might be able to see what I meant. So, for example, if I say, okay, you were a bit off position right there. 
on whatever point and you go back into the replay and just you know focus in your mind all right where was the mispositioning why was he telling me there was a misposition and you just look at it and you might be able to figure it out but at most times you will not be able to you know acknowledge your own mistakes but that's just humans and in general it does not help i would recommend if you want to get better um you grab some friends because if it makes more fun playing then you will have an easier time getting better um or just having fun general and fun is the key point um in any video game that you want to get good at if you do not have fun playing it don't play it um the second thing is coaching some people are good at coaching some people are bad with coaching so try to you know have a a minimal time so just you know one game and focus on that um, and if you do not like the person that is coaching or if you see, all right, he's not really helping me, you can always change um, and you did not waste a huge ton of money. Um, and the third thing is just trying to watch somebody who really understands the game. There are many streamers out there you can watch. Um, for example, Scara is one of the ones that I find, um, you, you know, the most helpful watching just because he it tries to explain what he was actually doing. If you watch somebody like Tyler One, um, you know, he can be really entertaining, but he does not really explain why he did something. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, I'm going to switch topics here. So my next question is, um, how do you, how do you warm up? Well, there are a few things I would go over. So first of all, um, try to grab a bottle of water or something to drink in general. If you do need to get up, that's, you know, time loss. You maybe are in-game and just need to grab something to drink. Also, drinking is something, it's just a habit that just keeps you hydrated and it's just great. You will feel better and you will also perform better. Um, sometimes your hands, hands do feel cold. Um, you can do multiple things to fix that. Um, so I do multiple things to fix that. Um, one of the things would be just um, drain it with cold water. Um, do some stretches with your hands or just play one game that is just not as important as your ranked games would be. Um, I always try to go in, in the game with the mindset of, you know, um, I'm going to be the key point of winning this game. So I'm going to be the one that decides whether this game is a loss or a win. Um, it just helps me personal um, because I try to, I, I tend to not focus on the mistakes that other people do. So I'll get less tilted on other people and just get tilted on myself if I even get tilted. Um, and it just helps, um, you know, keeping in the negativity and just do not confuse or interrupt or get the other players out of their flow i think these are the key points for me sometimes i do like to listen to music but sometimes it interrupts me as well so it, it does depend i can't really put my finger on it um if you feel in the mood that you don't need any music or you just want to concentrate on the game try that um if you do feel like all right i'm just tilting i do need something Try to put on music that just, you know, you like or that calms you and that will help as well. Okay. That sounds good. All right. I'm going to switch topics here and move on to the next question. 
So your your overall thoughts on season ten? Well, the season just started, mm-hmm. so I can't really say that much about it. I do like the touch that they did with the dragon and with the map in general. I do think some champions are way more overpowered than they used to be because of the changes. Um, and I also think that for, you know, people that do not play the game as frequently, um, there are just too many, you know, small things, if you would say so, um, that are just getting changed and you get overwhelmed with. For example, if you do not play League regularly and you do have a break because of work or you just don't feel like playing uh, for, you know, like two months, um, then you will always forget about the dragons or just how to structure the map or just how to put yourself on the map, really. Um, Also, you do need to read up on most of the, uh, you know, patches that occurred just to see what champions are so bad right now or so good right now. Um, I think that um, the change of the rune kleptomancy was really unneeded. Um, I don't see why they wanted to change that. And it's a bit awkward for me to put in the other rune that I did. I don't know what it's called. Um, but the rune that cha- basically changes your rune every every single time. Um, I don't see why they would put that in. Um, it just does not make any sense for me. And I don't see many ch- champions that would really, you know, um, go well with it. But as far as I can tell, Season 10 is a bit more grindy, but it also tends to be a bit more grindy because it's just the uh, the start of the season. Okay, that makes sense. I will right, switch. We'll switch topics here. So do you do you use do you personally use probuild uh, uh, probuilds.com and do you recommend it? I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for people who try to figure out a sense of the game, there is an application that you can download. I'm not sponsored in any way, just letting you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Blitz. I think Blitz is one of the tools that I've personally find um you know more it's it's mm, let me let me phrase that differently um i think you can just use it in a different kind of setup um i don't really like the pro builds because if a pro picks a build it's mostly based around what champion he's playing again and also what team composition he's playing against so if you would like uh, to pick up that matchup or that build order that he did, um, it could be total bullshit just because you do not have the same enemies as he would have in his game. Um, for me, or at least as I could tell it, Blitz is something that just focused onto the exact enemy that you have. And for, as I could tell, the runes and also the matchups or the builds and stuff like that, 
uh, were mostly accurate. Okay. So, um, there so are many, but there are many, many tools, so I can't really put my finger on it. So there, there are some, there must be some tools that are great and some that are less great. Mm -hmm. So let's take a look. Um, what about Mobifier? What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Do you personally use it and would you recommend it? <laughs> I did use it in my early days of leak. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it mostly tends to go into something that are just troll builds or some people, you know, just finding some builds way too overpowered and just playing it every single time. But, you know, some some of the builds are just bullshit, straight up bullshit, mm -hmm. and some of them are decent. But you also do have no indicator on what is really good and what is really bad. So for something uh, for somebody who does not really play League that frequently um, and does not really know what items do, I would not recommend the site just because you can stumble upon something that would be just unnecessary. For example, there are some, you know, like I, I can only imagine 50,000 builds for AP Zin Zhao. And if you play AP Zin Zhao um, as, a, as a new player um, and you try to play jungle or top lane with him, you most likely will fail just because you don't know what the AP, AP ratio really does and you will not deal as much damage and stuff like that. So it depends really on what guide you pick on there. Some guides are great. Some are really, really well made and the thoughts on them are really good. You know, you have the the little tabs that just show you what you have to do and what you have to keep in mind um, if you're playing that special build. But some people do not put in the time and effort to uh, make those taps and this is just something that you know contradicts that you should pick something like that okay so is it fair to say instead of using mobile fire you would uh you would recommend blitz uh you just cut off there so it, would it be fair to say instead of recommending um mobile fire you would recommend blitz i would recommend blitz uh, for me it's just something that i saw as a tool that would be easier for some people Okay. So we'll switch topics here. So yep. somebody first starting league, what role would you tell them to pick and why? I wouldn't tell them to pick a role. I would, and I do always say that, mm -hmm. go into the champions, you know, just the general champions that you can buy or that you have, and pick somebody that just seems appealing to you. You know, like some guys would say, all right, Lucian seems great, or Zed seems great, or Yumi seems great. Just try to pick a champion that you think looks great or that you can identify yourself with, um, just because you will have more fun playing that champion um, instead of getting forced into something. Um, if you do have zero knowledge where to play that champion, um, just ask somebody that plays the game or just Google it really quick. You have multiple answers if you just Google the name. Even League does uh, have some indicators on where you should play um, as a certain champion. So it's not really that difficult. Um, typically, I would say if you do not have a pre-made, I would recommend you to not play bot lane just because you do depend on somebody. And if you do depend on somebody that can 
play into how the game feels and how your own personal, you know, uh, um, things would play out and stuff like that. So I would recommend playing something else. I would recommend playing top or mid. Um, jungle is also kind of a field that I would not recommend just because there are some things like the buffs that you could not know about right now just because you're new to the game. Um, but generally, pick a champion that you know would seem suitable for you and that you think looks great or you can identify with and just go with it. Okay. That all sounds pretty good. Uh, all right, we're going to switch topics. All right. So how, so when you're in game, how do you get your teammates to listen to you? Hold on, hold on. A yeah, surely. I gotta switch out. Just tell me when you would be ready again. Yeah, so I'm just I'm just um, in the background. I'm just playing my replays. So there's a little bit. So there's audio of us talking, and then there's something in the background of just us uh, instead of just us talking. All right. All right. Give me a second. I'm just loading up the game. Okay, I'm gonna re-ask the question here in a second. So, um, when you're in game, how do you get your teammates to listen to you? That's not an easy question, and there's not a general answer to that. Mm -hmm. Some people do just have the mentality to not listen to anything, and you know, just they think they are doing everything that is in their power, and they're doing it correctly. I would recommend just pinging and not typing because if you type something then people will ask questions about it why and how we should do it or whatnot and if you just ping there's no real question behind it you know just you are going somewhere or you need assistance somewhere people will follow or will say just no or just ping you back from it and you can always see what your team is going to do um, depending on what the pings are going to be Pings are a tool that are given to you in, in terms of, you know, just quick decision-making and uh, quick, quick talking to your team. Um, and you should use it in a sense that is not just flame pinging or just pinging something that is totally obvious to somebody else. So, for example, you know, like, you do not have your ultimate because you just misused it. Um, try to use pings as best as possible. Um, and in most of the scenarios, people will follow it. Okay, sounds good. We'll switch topics here. So, um, so do you watch the pros? 
I do not really have the time and sometimes do not really enjoy myself watching somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I will watch scenes of it. So I do not really watch the streams, but I do watch scenes that are you know put up in YouTube or compilations that are put up in YouTube. But I try to find the ones that are not just, you know, oh, that was a great play, but um, how was the play, you know, initially started? So not just a clip of, you know, 5 to 15 seconds, but, you know, like a clip that goes a minute to two minutes just to see what the setup is, just to see what um, compositions you are dealing with, how well fed you are, what your farm is, where the enemy jungler could be where other people on the map could be just to get a sense of um, what really is happening. If I do watch some pro players, um, I would say it's generally just um, the events that are put up by League. So the LCS, the LCK, the Worlds and stuff like that. Um, I do try to get some intel from them um, and see just how they react to certain things. Um, But... You know, the, as I would call him right now, um, the entertainment streamers, I do not really watch on a regular basis. Okay, so that leads me into my next question. Do you believe um, people can learn from, from pro plays, from pro players? I do think they can, yes. Um, it does really, really depend. Some people, um, I can give you an example for that. Some people um, can, in school, really work with the teacher. You know, Mm -hmm. the teacher gives a certain information and they can, you know, work with that information fairly easily. Some people do have a harder time, you know, processing that information that that was just given to them. Um, So it depends on the person. It depends on the person that is teaching or streaming in that sense and the person that is watching or learning in that sense. Some people do not really feel like they need to learn something. So this is a mindset that just some people do have. If you just go um, and listen to your inner voice and, you know, just listen to yourself, what you think you're actually doing when you're watching that streamer can always change the lookout that you would have. Um, And also it depends on, you know, what the teacher is. So as I told previously, um, if you watch somebody like Tyler One, um, is just one of many, 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 many streamers out there. Um, you will not really learn as much as you would from somebody who actually explains what he was doing right there. Just because, well, some plays are depending on the actual ELO. So, for example, Tyler knows when he will go in and he knows his champion very well. Um, if you do not know the champion very well and you do not know which elo you're actually dealing with, it's harder to you for you to understand what actually is happening. Um, if you watch somebody who explains why he did something, you will have an easier time understanding why and how you can in- interpret that to your own gameplay. So I do think people can learn from them but there is a certain communication between the streamer and the viewer. Mm-hmm. So you would recommend somebody to watch somebody like Skara, correct? I would, but do not overdo it. Mm-hmm. If you 
overwatch somebody. It does not need to be Scarra. It can be, can be everybody else in the field. Um, if you do overwatch somebody, um, you will adapt their playstyle. Mm. Their playstyle might be too defensive for you, too aggressive for you, too strategical for you. Um, you know, there can be many different points and, you know, just try to find um, the key points that you would think would be great for you and for your gameplay um, and what you are comfortable with. And do not try to force yourself into the position, you know, um, I he did something this way, so I need to do it this way. Not everything that pro players do need to be adapted. Not everything. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. All right, we'll switch topics here. Okay, so how do you how do you win a bad matchup? Um, well, it depends on what elo you have. Mm -hmm. So, let's say we are in the lower tier. So, mm -hmm. if it's iron, bronze, gold, silver, whatnot. If we are in that bracket, um, counter matches do not really matter as much. Try to focus on your farm, your general positioning, and just try on not dying too much. If it's your teammate who is dying, just try to, you know, as told previously, um, give them a heads up and just tell them, all right, listen up, this was a bad fight, but try to put yourself into this and this position and just go from there. Um, if we are talking in a higher elo, you need to really focus on it. It also goes into the field of, you know, if it's you, then try to focus onto your CS and try to focus on not dying so much and try to go defensive. Also, if your teammate is doing the same, then try to tell him the same, like, hey, heads up, all right, somebody's coming there, you know, be careful on that position or just tell them, all right, that was bad. Um, but in general, try to, in, in higher elo, try to ping more to you know help the get the jungler to help you or get the if you're a top lane get the mid laner to roam to you if you're mid lane get the top laner to roam to you or the bot lane um so that people roam and help you out um in low elo i would not recommend pinging as often just because a jungler can get really really fast really annoying uh annoyed uh, so he will you know just not go to your lane and you know just flame or just be toxic general. Um, so this is something that you really need to keep in mind if you are playing in that certain elos. Um, pinging for help is never a bad thing. Um, just do not overdo it. So for example, if you ping for help and you try to type like something, um, oh my god, why is the jungler not coming? Um, this will not help. You will only get your jungler to be frustrated. You will get frustrated from that and there will just be frustration in the room and you will both be tilted. If you ping and your jungler's coming and he's actually helping you, uh, also you didn't get a kill or something like that, just try, all right, there was a good gank, thank you very much. Um, you do not have to write it that formally, but just write tie or something like that 
to just let him know, all right, you did a great job. Thank you for the help. Um, it will encourage him to come more often and just try to help you as well. Um, if it's really, really you that is struggling on a certain lane, um, try to focus on what really is important right now. So if your enemy laner has more CS, how can you get him off the CS? Can you push him back? Is it really possible to fight him? Is he too strong to fight right now? Do you need the help? Is it really better to for me to stay under the turret? Do I get ganked very often? These are just some points that you need to keep on focusing. Well, if you get ganked a lot, it's obvious. Buy wards and go a bit more back. If your enemy laner has more CS than you, all right, did you just farm bad? Or did he just, you know, go into the jungle and farm more? Um, then you can always try to do the same and mirror him. So just go into the jungle and try to farm or just try to focus on farming in the sense of that. If you can't really win against him in any fight, try to ping for help. Okay, sounds awesome. Uh, let's switch topics. So how do you properly use teleport? Well, there are a few situations that would be great for teleport. Let's talk early game first. Mm -hmm. In the early game, you want to use teleport if a turret is almost falling and you can defend it. So they, the first, the tower first blood, or however you want to call it, um, does not go over to the enemy because that's a huge gold lead that they would get. Um, also, if you are... I'm taking your top lane right now, and you're just playing with teleport. Um, you can try to gank the bot lane if it's possible and try to get assists or kills. This will put your bot lane ahead and this will put you ahead. But you always keep in mind that your lane will be pushed. He will see that you teleported and he will try to play against that. So try to look out where your jungler is, where your mid lane is, where the positioning is of everybody else. And just try to go from that. If we talk mid-game to late-game, try to keep your teleport for important teamfights around Baron or Drake, and also try to keep your teleport for something like a base race. So let's say we are Tundramere and we do have teleport. Um, your team is defending very well. They can defend five people and your turret will not get touched. Um, if you see that top lane or bot lane is pushing in in the enemy way, you can just try to teleport and try to take turrets, try to get an advantage so the, if you can call it freeze between you and the enemy is broken and you can roam freely and just take more gold and take the map control. Okay, that sounds good. I will switch topics here. So let's talk about the minimap. How can someone get used to looking at the minimap and really kind of fully take advantage of the minimap? Okay. Um, there are two key things to be, no, three key things that you need to be focusing on on the minimap. The first obvious thing is the champions. You can see where every champion is if you look at the minimap. The second thing is pings. You can see where somebody pinged 
um, and just try to react however the ping is. If it's a help ping, if it's a, a move there ping, if it's a go away ping. Um, sorry, danger ping. Um, the third ping that most people miss is you can see the minions on the minimap. So, for example, the cannon minions will be a bit bigger on the minimap. So you can always try to focus on them and see if you will be missing one or not. You know, the minions are always mirrored. So if you look at your own mini wave that is coming from the nexus towards your turret, you can always just mirror the minions and you see where the enemy minions are right now. This is just something that pro players or just people that are a bit more, you know, better in the game or just always a little bit ahead in the game, um, have the knowledge of it, will use to determine whether it's a good idea to go back, to push, or how the minion wave is currently moving. There are a few things you can do to try to improve it. Um, there always was a number. It was around every three seconds or every five seconds you should look at your minimap. Um, you can always have a tick in the background, like a metronome, and that always just tells you when when it's ticking, you have to look at the minimap. Some people find that easier to get in the habit of, uh, of looking at the minimap. There's not really that a of a specific matchup or as a specific method that you can use on how it's getting easier to look at the minimap. It's just a habit, and habits come when you focus on them. Okay, that sounds good. Let's uh, let's switch topics here. All right. Yeah. Wait a second. I'm just gonna turn on the lights. It's getting a bit more dark in the room. Okay. Yeah. Let me know when you're ready. All right. I'm back. Sorry. Okay. So um, so my next question is, what do you do when all lanes are losing? also depends what position you are playing and also um, do you say in that sentence that your own lane is losing as well correct so so meaning that all all lanes have lost mid jungle from top to bottom okay are we talking like something it's a matchup that is currently around a huge number like zero to 30 or are we talking just like all right they're at a disadvantage yeah, so basically we're the kind of the let me like kind of rephrase it. So I'm kind of basically you're coming out of the game, right? And and every lane has lost by CS and kills. And so every every lane is kind of behind their enemy laner. All right. Um if you are a jungler, try to focus on the lane that has lost the least amount. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if top lane is only 0-2 and bot lane is 0-5 in total, it makes more sense to gank top lane right now to help him out. Mm -hmm. So you have one lane that is consistent right now. If you are not the jungle lane, you can always try to put up wards. Um, wards will always help your teammates to see on the minimap where somebody's moving or just to get control over some objectives so the jungler can try to steal them or, you know, just prevent the, the enemy from taking it. Um, also, if you do have somebody on the team like Blitzcrank or Thrash or something like that, 
try to encourage them to go onto solo targets. If you get one of the enemy champions out of the game, then you have one on one point because it's now just a 4v5, not a 5v5. You can always try to focus on one teammate that is just off position or off guard or he's the one that can be bursted the easiest. Um, say, like, there's only the AD carry that is fed. Try to focus the AD carry, obviously, if he is not healed by something like a Soraka or something like that. Um, sometimes it does not make sense to go for the one that is the most overpowered just to win a team fight. Sometimes it makes more sense to go for somebody that is just off guard. Um, to give a bit of a scenario for that, let's say we do have a Lucian on bot lane that is currently 15-0, and it's only minute 20. 15-0 is a huge number. I would not like to fight that Lucian right now, because if I, as the jungler, would try to gank it, and I'm behind as well, I would mostly die and just feed him more. If the top laner is a little bit more weaker than the Lucian is, he's an easier target. So just try to go for him and try to get your top laner or yourself ahead again. If there's literally no options and the enemy is never making a mistake, which, to be honest, is something like to impossible because there are always human interactions in it. So you are going to see some kind of mistakes. Even pros make mistakes. You can just try to watch the worlds. There are always compilations of the mistakes that are done at Worlds. Um, every human makes mistakes, so there will always be some situations where you can catch somebody off guard, or somebody's teleporting too late and the team is gone now, or the jungler misses a smite or something like that. But if there's really no option on how to go back to your original state of being even, I would just try to focus on farming. Farming is what essentially wins the game. It's the gold that comes into your pockets and uh, gets your champion well fed. So if we're talking about an even matchup from a champion point of perspective, not kills or distribution of kills, um, you can always try to go into the late game or force the game to go longer because then the stakes will be even because everybody will be full built and then you can just try to pick up the enemy champions. Okay, sounds good. So we'll switch topics here. Um, so regarding trinkets, which ones do you pick up and why? It depends what lane you are. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you are play also what matchup you're playing against, obviously. Um, let's say you're jungle. Um, if you are a jungler like Lee Sin, the red trinket would make absolutely no sense because you have nothing to jump to. Having the ward trinket is something that is essential for you, and I mean the yellow one, not the blue wards. If you are a mid laner or a top lane split pusher, you can always pick up the blue trinket just because you can push the lane so far up ahead, but you can also scout. Um, far ahead. So you will be able to see somebody or catch somebody that is actually roaming towards you and react faster. If you do say play support, at a certain point um, where your support item is fully loaded of wards, you can always change your trinket to the red trinket. I would always go with red, not with blue, just because you can clear wards and clear 
vision for your team and also give the enemies the disadvantage of not having wards. Um, so let's go over to the point of it depends what matchup you're playing against. If you, for example, have a Teemo top lane, obviously it does not make sense if you cannot split push to go with blue trinket. Against something like Teemo, it would make sense to go red trinket to just clear the mushrooms or just, you know, clear the vision so the, your jungler can gank. Um, if you do play on mid lane and you do have something like a Teemo or something like an Akali or something like that, it also makes sense to buy the red trinket. If you are a mid laner that can roam, something like Akali or something like um, Ari or something like that, that has just a huge deal of mobility, you can also pick up the red trinket just to see if it's worth going um, towards the lane. If you see, the whole river is warded, we'll be just wasting time. Since we're moving up there, and in that time, the enemy laner will already have moved away, or just go into a safe position, or the enemy mid laner would have reacted, or the jungler, the enemy have uh, the enemy jungler would have reacted. So it's just a time loss. Um, I would generally say that top lane goes to red trinket, um, just because it's easier to have two people on the team or three people on the team that can clear wards. If you are a split push top laner, go towards blue trinket or stay on your normal trinket, if you are more comfortable with that. As a jungler, at a certain minute, I would always change into red trinket because it does not make sense to put out wards. That's the supporter's job at some point of the game and just clear wards so you can gank more easily. As a mid laner, I would most likely try to go towards blue wards so you can just try to scout for the jungler. So for example, if the enemy is doing Drake, you can just place a warden there from a huge distance and do not go into any risks and get one-shotted. Um, as an AD carry, I would also tend to go towards um, blue trinket or the yellow ward, um, just because you can normally ward over distance and also same reason for mid lane, get not, do not get one-shotted. As a supporter, who is actually buying the support item. Some people uh, tend to not buy the support item for some reason. Um, I would also go for the red trinket. So you can clear wards because you do have the wards in your pockets already. Okay, that sounds good. So we'll, uh, we'll switch topics. I'm just letting you know for the general time management, we have talked for over an hour now. Mm -hmm. um, it does not concern me, it's just something to, for you to keep in mind. Okay. Sounds good. So how, how and when do you know when to do Baron? If you are way more ahead, um, you can try to go for a Sneaky Baron. Also, if the wards are cleared, you can go to uh, try to go for a Sneaky Baron. Mm -hmm. um, I would, in some instances, try to trade the Drake for the Baron. So for example, if you know the enemy team is going for a Drake, 
that would be next to useless, try to go to uh, Baron instead of going to interrupt them at the Drake play because you can lose the team fight there or maybe not even get to Drake um, and just go to rush Baron. Um, if the essential enemy um, laners are dead, you can also try to go for Baron. So for example, an obvious um, indicator is the jungler. So the enemy cannot smite it. Um, it would be an obvious choice. Or uh, let's say the AD carry is fat or the mid lane is fat. If they are dead as well, um, it's also obvious. Um, if you do see, you cannot push right now. So let's say um, the enemy has only left his Nexus turrets and the inhibitor turrets, and you are so far away from them, um, it would be an obvious choice if you aced to go for Baron instead of trying to push, because you can just reset and just try to keep the enemy into into their base and just try to go from there. Um, I don't see any more options right now. Um, if we're talking Herald, um, you can always try to go with your top lane or your mid lane if the um, possibility is there. Okay, sounds good. So we'll switch topics here. So are you are you big on like rune experimenting? Personally, I try to find the runes that work best for me. So. Mm -hmm. Um, if there is a huge change made in the runes, I always try to go into a custom game and try to experiment with the rune that I that was changed or that I think would be great or suitable for my playstyle. Um, I'm not really into trying to force some runes onto champions that are not really suitable or not really seen as suitable. Um, just because there is a overall field why some runes are used on certain champions. Okay, makes sense. So what what are your two favorite items and why? My two favorite items? Oh, Lord. Um, Spirit Visage is one of the most greatest items in the game. Mm -hmm. That's just because you'd on, on some champions, they just synergize very well. Um, let's go back to the Renekton top lane matchup. If you do have an AP top laner, you can always rush Spirit Visage and you can heal yourself easier and also block the magic damage that your enemy laner is doing. Also, there's cooldown reduction on it and there's also some health on it. It's just a great item to pick up. Um, For the people that are new, can you explain what, what Spirit Visage does? Obviously, okay. Um, okay. Spirit Visage does give you some base stats, like every item does. So it gave it gives you a bit of health, it gives you a bit of magic resistance, so magical spells will not deal as much damage to you as they would be uh, would be doing before. And also it does has a um, passive effect um, that is always active, that if you heal yourself, for instance, you have an ability that heals yourself or... Um, some other person is healing you, um, the heal will get increased, so you will have more health than you would have when you would not have the item. My second favorite item... Let me think for a sec. I can't really decide on it. I would say it's... 
Um, what's it called in English? Wait a sec. I just need to look it up. Mm -hmm. If you um, rapid fire can is one of the items that I really enjoy, just because it gives you an extra range and an energized auto attack. Um, which is great on champions that already do have the um, advantage over range and also is great for some champions that you can just poke you. Um, but there's the point where I can't really decide what what item I do like better. Um, I also really, really like Hextech Gunblade um, just because on most AP champions it's really overpowered because you can heal yourself again. Um, it's just one of these items that you can buy as an AP champion to really give you um, your health back when you try to burst somebody or just try to trade in general. Okay, that sounds good. So if, if we can talk about the new dragons... And, and if you can kind of explain, if, so if, if somebody was new and they didn't know much about the dragons, can you kind of explain it to them? Okay. Um, well, basically, there are four types of dragons. There is the cloud drake, there's the fire drake, there's the ocean drake, and there is the earth drake. Um, different drake, uh, drakes have different stacks. So, for example, if you kill as a team the... Um, or as a single person, it doesn't really matter. If your team does kill the Fire Drake, you will get bonus AD and bonus AP. If you kill the Mountain Drake, you will get bonus resistance in um, armor and magic resistance. If you kill the Ocean Drake, you will get, um, I, I believe it was nerfed to just HP. Uh, let me just look it up. Do not give misinformation. Uh, bu -bu 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 -bu. Oh, no, I don't want to see that. Um, so if we talk about... Uh, yeah, it just uh, just gives you the health benefit. So you get health generation um, upon just, you know, doing basically nothing. Um, if you kill the Windrake, um, you will get cooldown reduction on your ultimate. All of these drakes do have certain, you know, better better team management um, buffs. So, for example, if you do have a team that always is a bit low, um, you can try to go for the ocean drakes or try to focus the ocean drakes more than other drakes. Um, if you uh, need the extra damage, Every champion can need a bit more extra damage than go for the Infernal or try to take the Infernal Drake. It's just based around um, giving you a small buff that makes your whole team a bit stronger. Every Drake is a bit essential and different in its own way and can be used on different champions better than on others. Um, there's not really an easy way to put this in a in a sort of a scenario where I can say which one is actually better on certain champions. One of the obvious choices is Ocean Drake. It's way better on Mundo than on some champions that do not actually really need the health or just uh, have low HP in general. 
So if you have a team that gets bursted easily, Ocean Drake is not really the way to go. If the uh, third Drake, um, so no, the third Drake that appears is the one that will change the whole map. So, for example, if Cloud Drake comes up, you will get extra movement speed in your jungle. If Inferno comes up, there will be less walls. If Ocean Drake comes up, there will be more bushes and there also will be more, how they are called in English, honey fruits, I, I do suppose. Mm -hmm. um, also, if the Mountain Drake comes up, there will be more walls. Um, it just gives you a different kind of sense how to play. So, for example, if you are a jungler and the Infernal Drake is coming up, there will be less walls around your buffs, so you will be more open and free to attack. You need to keep those informations in mind. Um, if Ocean Drake comes up, there are more bushes, so there can be more ambushes, so you can die easily by just not having enough wards. Um, Mountain Drake just, you know, gives you some optical obstacles to walk around or just gives some um, champions like Vayne the, uh, the ability to just, you know, push you basically into everything or just Nar. Um, Cloud Drake makes it easier for the enemy jungler or your jungler to lane ganks or just generally to roam as a mid laner or top laner or also just in general bot laner. Um, after you do finish a buff, this is if you do collect four of the souls. So if you kill four drakes in a row, doesn't matter really what, what they are. Um, the third drake decides what the element is. You will get the dragon soul. So for example, if the map is changing into cloud, inferno or ocean or mountain, this will be the soul that you will be getting. The soul is something that will be a larger buff than the drake itself it will just give your team um certain skill points so for example if you get the mountain drake soul it will earn you a shield that will block more damage um if you get the infernal drake you will get an extra aoe damage on your next auto attack or spell if you get cloud drake you will get more movement speed after your ult it just gives you some some uh, buff depending on what drake is really up after the Drake soul was collected, there will be a um, there will be spawning an Elder Drake. The Elder Drake will grant something a buff that is called Aspect of the Dragon. Um, it will basically one shot everybody with an auto attack or spell that is below a certain amount of HP. If your team does have the um, Elder Drake buff, it will show um, when the enemy by an indicator on the health bar when it will be one shot or not. I think that's most basically it. Um, there is a few there are a few indicators um, on what the drakes are going to be or which ones can be the drake soul. Um, but in general drakes are really really important and do give essential buffs. Okay, sounds good. So my next question is, how do you recognize the win condition? It does depend. Mm -hmm. For example, for before a game starts, so if you are um, in the loading screen, you can always check what rank um, the enemy uh, the enemies have. So for example, 
um, if you do play a game and your team has full silver and then the enemy team there is a diamond player, this player will have a huge advantage over the silver players, which is obvious because of the rank difference. Um, but also um, in terms of the champion composition. So um, one of the more obvious things would be a Malphite Yasu. Um, Malphite can knock up many people, Yasu can ult after that. Um, so there will be just a, a huge ton of damage dealt on the enemies with just two ults, or you will be not able to move, walk, or do something uh, just because of it. Um, you can go a little bit more deeper and look on how counterplaying really works out. But um, in, in lower elo, I, I would not say that counterplaying is something that is hugely important. In higher elo, um, the champions are a little bit more important. Um, also, a factor um, is just CC, so crowd control in general. If a team has more crowd control, they will be more likely to win. Um, and some champions do just have a higher win condition in general, but you can look this up as well. It would be taking ages if I would go over every single champion um, and explain their win condition. Um, and also something to keep in mind is uh, how long the game is going to to be played. Some champions are just way, way harder to beat if it's late game or if it's early game or it's if it's mid lane. One of the uh, easiest examples is if we have a look at the AD carries. There are some uh, champions that are called hyper carries. Um, which means they are just great in late game in general because they do have an advantage with the ultimate over uh, some ADC that, you know, does not really have that ult. For example, Jinx is one of those AD carries. She can, not with her ult, but with her passive, uh, with her Q passive, stack up um, any uh, additional attack speed if she's on minigun mode. So she will have more attack speed and does not need to buy it. Um, same goes for Vayne. If Vayne uses her ult, she will get basically a 1BF on, on top of her damage. So she will just deal more damage, even if all of the items are already bought. Um, this also affects the win condition. Um, I could go way, way more into detail, but I think it would be just taking ages. So I think these are just the overall topic points that you need to keep in mind. Okay, sounds good. All right, give me a second here. I got to switch out. I'm going to ask a few more questions and then and then we'll we'll head into the game. All right. I feel like this is pretty good stuff. Like the the main reason I'm asking these questions is is more for like the general League of Legends player, like somebody new that might have, and, and I'm the same way too. Like, um, you know, I have certain thoughts and certain beliefs about certain things until I'm told otherwise, and I'm like, oh well, you know, like I'm given different insights. Yes. Okay. So my next question is,
So what's your thoughts on, on uh, one trick ponies? Um, in low elo, I find them a bit more annoying than in high elo, mm -hmm. um, just because high elo players can adapt. So if they are one tricking, they can adapt to certain situations and know their champion fairly well. Um, I do not think it's a good idea to one trick a champion. Um, it's always good to have a small roster of champions, like for example, for one lane, um, two to three champions that you can play really, really well and do not change between a hundred champions that you can pl could play on the lane potentially. Um, but one trick ponies tend to make the same mistakes or have a certain playstyle. So for example, a Rengar one trick will most likely be aggressive all the time. So he will in some instances go too aggressive. Um, you will lose him and you might be losing the team fight because of it. Um, they do have special insights on the champion because they are playing it so, so much. But uh, in some instances, it's just unnecessary to pick a champion, um, which you just one trick. Uh, one example would be um, if you play a Jin. Jin is one of the most... Uh, unmobile champions in the game if you do not really have the auto techs right now for the movement speeds or the crits um, or boots in general. So if you see in the enemy team there's something like a Warwick, Malphite, a Malzahar, um, he's not really a great option, obviously, because he can be just CC'd and there will be missing an AD camp. So something that can dash or get out of there would be way better. Something like Lucian, Ezreal, stuff like that that can just escape these ultimates and be safe. Um, in these instances, I really do get annoyed of one-trick ponies, but obviously they play their champion because they can play it very fairly well. So there's some point to that. Okay, sounds good. Okay, so we'll we'll move into the next topic. So, split pushing uh, in low elo. What what are your thoughts on it? Um, split pushing, I do think works a bit easier in low elo than it does in high elo. Um, but you always need to keep in mind where the enemy team is, and also you do need to ward. So, split pushing can be done by basically any champion, but there are some champions that will be are better with it and some people uh, some champions that are worse with it for example if you pick somebody that has a very 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 slow attack rate um you will get a turret down in you know like a minute maybe and there are some champions that just have a high attack rate and high damage and might even have spells that damage turrets they will get a turret done in maybe five seconds maybe 30 seconds but you get the point it's less time than other champions um also, it's it uh, it's important who really split pushes. If the AD carry single-handedly split pushes a lane, and he will get caught, your team will be missing an AD carry. If your team is missing one tank, it's not as important, because you maybe have the jungler that is a bruiser or a tank. You maybe have the support that is a tank, or or he's just a healer in some cases. But you get the point. It's it's not as hard at 
as just uh, losing your AD carry um, or your mid laner. Um, as a top laner, it's mostly easily easier to split push just because most top laners do have teleport. So you can get teleported into the next team fight if there is something going on. Or you can just, you know, as I was mentioning previously, uh, try to rush the base or try to get an even standpoint if uh, your game is basically frozen. Um, so if there's no push and you can just hold as four people um, the enemy five. Um, all around, you just need to ward enough. You do need to figure out how or what lane you will need to push. So for example, it does not make any sense to push a lane that is into your nexus um, if you have no chance to pushing it, if the bot lane, for example, is at the enemy nexus turret. So split push that, try to push that down and go for the nexus turret and not try to split push the lane that is already dominated and you can't really do anything against. If you can push a lane out and go for more turrets, it's more turret gold. So this is also great. It helps your team, it helps yourself. Get more turrets, get more golds and go from there. Um, but always keep in mind, have the wards, try to go with the champion or go to try going into a situation where you know you can win a fight if one or two people show up or if you can get out if one or two people show up. Okay, so what uh, what two split push champions would you recommend somebody for low elo? Tsunrame is one of the champions that can really... Split push fairly well, because he can suicide for a turret. If he needs to, he can just press R. Um, and also, if he gets attacked by one or two people, he can also just press R and try to kill him or try to escape with the ultimate. He's just a great champion, and he also does deal huge amounts of damages on the turret um, because of his attack speed and because of his damage in general. Um, a second champion for that would be Yi. Um, he can be played as a jungler, mid laner, or a top laner, but mostly jungle. Um, he can also, because of his attack speed, push down turrets very, very quick. And because of his ult, he is also very uh, quick in, in terms of movement speed, so he can escape uh, quickly if somebody is coming up. Okay, sounds good. All right, I think I'm going to do one last question, and I think that's going to be it for me. All right. I feel like this is this is pretty good. So when you when you're doing coaching, what are what are kind of we'll go three we'll go three common mistakes that you see, um, that people that people do. Mm, well, it really it's it's different for every person. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say I encounter um, the same mistakes over and over. Um, well, first of all, if you do get coaching. Um, try to go with the tips that your coach is actually giving you. He is paid to do the job, and he does not really sit here just for fun. Um, he's trying to get you um, to a better state of understanding the game or how you can actually win 
uh, or trade better. So try to listen to whatever intel he's giving. Um, also try to ask questions. If you do not understand why some decisions are made, just try to ask. You can explain it because he made the decision or he gave you the intel. Um, if you yourself understand why you did the mistake, you can focus on it and try to improve on your own or in your own time if the coach is not there. This just saves you money and also does make you a better player in general. I Most people tend to not ask as much, as much questions as I would sometimes, le uh, sometimes like, um, but it's not in, in, in my kind of sense to just you know, ask the person that I'm coaching, you know why I did that or something like that. He needs to put in his own energy if he knows what I'm talking about. That's great. And some people actually do have that. Um, but if you don't feel always free to ask your coach, it does not matter if it's me. It does not matter if it's any other person. Always ask why the decision is made. It's just something that I see loads and loads of times. Uh, in terms of gameplay... Um, some people tend to be a bit chat active. So they tend to type more than there's needed or they get tilted easily by something that is typed. Um, try to not go as hard into typing or taking it seriously what is written in chat. You can always mute people, that's what the mute button is for, um, and try to go from that. Um, in terms of, you know, like myth plays or something like that, I had people that just didn't know where to put themselves. I had people that just didn't know what champions to play. Um, I had people that just didn't know what to do in the general game itself. They didn't know how to CS. They were just newcomers anyway. It's hard for me to coach somebody that is a newcomer because you need more time with them. Um, so somebody who's literally just picked up League as a game. Um, I tend to just coach people that have some experience with the game um, just because it makes it harder for me and for the person because you do not have the feel of certain things. So you will be wasting more money for something that you would pick up on your own. And I'm not here for money. I'm here to make the game better for everybody else so you can win more and have more fun in the game itself. Because if there are more people that can play better, it makes the game better for everybody else. Um, I would say most common mistakes are just misplays in terms of I'm overthinking it, so I'm going into risky or I'm staying too defensive um, or just being at some point where I don't really need to be. Junglers always tend to do the wrong camps, but this is just something, if you don't know the route of some champion, it's very common. Um, and some people even in high elo do have this problem, but it's just one of the problems that I see.